Good evening, everybody. We're actually live right now. Good evening. And uh, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. We have to always remember that. This past Sunday was a beautiful time in the Lord. And uh forgot to turn the mic on <laughs> so Sunday's message didn't get recorded. But nevertheless, that did stop the Holy Spirit from bringing us the love and presence of God. It was so wonderful, so, so peaceful. Um, today is just, let me back up to yesterday. Yesterday morning, the Holy Spirit got me up really early. I went before the Lord and I, I asked him at the end of our time together, I asked him to do something wonderful. Ask Lord Jesus, and I said, Lord, will you lead me to people that you want me to see today? And you want me to meet? And show me by your spirit what you want me to do. So yesterday, most days now, Hitchcock gives abundance of food. Now, I already had a lot of food in the van from the, the bread of the mighty. And so I was riding around different places passing out food and I went over to Dr. Meds, the pediatrician, and dropped food off there. And I met a young lady there holding a baby, a small infant baby. And uh, she had a small toddler also. So I walked up and I put some things on her lap and she just said, thank you. And she was just bubbling over with joy. And I kept going out to the van, making several trips in, because I know that Dr. Med's office would distribute it to people in need. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's why I'm telling this story, because the story is not a testimony that Jesus Christ answers prayer. The young lady, we end up talking, and she said that her food stamp card had been cut off for two weeks now. And I load them, load her cart with food. But she said something that was so heart-touching that Jesus knows why he brings us together. She said that she's been struggling with religion and that she had a friend that was talking to her about God and that she has a hard time with religion. I turned to her and I said, Jesus has a hard time with religion, too. But he doesn't have a hard time with people. He loves people. He likes people. And that's why we do what we do. And she said, but this church thing, I have a problem with it. And I say, well, let me tell you what the true church is. The true church are those people who are doing the will of God, who love Lord Jesus, who love people, and who's out doing the work that he told us to do, such as this. And she began to weep. She said, now I'm beginning to see. I said, church isn't a a place where you go every Sunday. The church is the people. And 
she looked at me and she said, well, I have a problem with church and I really don't like going. So I said, wait, just a moment now. You, you, let me help you out just a little bit because you, Lord Jesus, once again, the church is, is him. He birthed the church. And the church are his children, his sons and his daughters who love one another and who love other people. And to absent ourselves from those people is absent ourselves from him. And that's not being obedient. So Lord Jesus Christ loves you. And I believe that's why I'm here. And uh, she just kept saying thank you and thank you. But it was such a powerful message to me. A reminder of why God has us doing what we're doing. People need to see the love of Christ in every person that names the name of Jesus. It's not enough to say I love Jesus and go to a building on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening. And you listen to a message and life is over with until the next day. That doesn't consist of the love of God in you. It consists of live action led by the Holy Spirit, which is always in accordance with the word of God. Now, sometimes people will try to devalue that. And at times people try to overrate it. And how do you overrate it? When people's egos get in the way. And they start saying, look what I've done. Or look what our church has done. Rather than, look what he's guided us to do. Okay? Because the glory always goes back to Lord Jesus. To God the Father. Because remember, the night in which Lord Jesus was betrayed, he said these words. He said, greater works than these you shall do, because I go back to my Father. And then... He continued on and said, he said, you can ask me anything and I will do it. He said, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. That the father will glorify the son. That's the whole reason why we do the things that we do. So that the father, Lord God himself, can glorify his son, Jesus that's what this is all about nothing else I'm telling you because what sets us apart from everybody else in the world Jesus the spirit of Christ other than that you're just a charitable organization doing benevolence things and that's it's just like the rest of the world but Jesus the son of God makes the difference all right, we're going to do some praying here. Were you making a note for prayer, Miss Marie? No, I made a note. But I wanted to tell you that Nancy Cole's husband had brain surgery. I've seen it on Facebook and said he was doing better. Yeah, he's paralyzed on his right side, she said. Okay. All right. The ants, they attack me. Anyway, uh, there's some things up there you can do afterwards or now. Get, go get that anti-itch spray and put it on you. Oh, my God. 
Folks, I want to tell you that I, I, before I walked in the building this evening, I talked with my old neighbors in South Carolina, uh, Miss Marilyn and Mr. Jack. Uh, wonderful, wonderful people, Miss Miss Marilyn and Mr. Jack Gray, and, and both loved the Lord dearly. And uh, Mr. Jack and I used to have our debates, or we used to hit heads all the time, and. Uh, at that time, I was a, I was a seminary student. In fact, he he remember when I started seminary uh, at Columbia International University, and he asked me, well, "What are they messing up your head about today?" Mister <laughs> <laughs> Jack, they're not messing up my head. <laughs> we have really good time. We really good talks. I mean, we have deep discussions and heated discussions. Still, boy, he would get so fiery and mad at me sometimes, but he never crossed the line of ever being disrespectful to me, though. Never. It was all done in godly love. And uh, sometimes he, he would shock me, saying, "Oh, you just taught me something." I go, "Really? <laughs> wow, that's amazing!" <laughs> and we would literally sit up for hours and just talk the scriptures, hour after hour after hour, just like we're getting ready to do here, but not for hours. Okay, let's go before the Lord in prayer, Brother Amelia. Um, this young lady that I met yesterday—I forget her name. I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ would save her and use her. Did you invite her here? She lives in Keystone Heights. I don't know where that is. Keystone Heights is about 40 miles from here. 40. Oh, that's far from her. Yes. And she's already struggling, so we don't want to put additional burden on her. But I did tell her, see, if you get to the point where you don't have food, you, you better pick up the phone and call me. Okay. 40 miles or not, we're not going to let them babies go hungry. Okay? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the love of your son, Jesus. Lord, we keep getting blown away over and over again by your presence with us. And Lord, we ask now that you help us to clear our minds, to clean our minds, our hearts and spirit, because you're holy. Father, we thank you for Lord Jesus, the work that he did, not just the cross, but the mere works of creation. And him coming and being one of us and preaching your gospel to us and leaving a written word and leaving disciples to carry on his teachings and performing signs and wonders so that the world can see that you are the son of God and that your works are continuing and as a day coming by the Holy Spirit that Lord Jesus you're going to bring all this to a stop it's going to come to an end and that's why you want us to prepare men and women and boys and girls to meet you and your father Lord God and Lord we're asking that you will help us do that Help us to show your light that Brian shows so ever brightly in a world that's so full of darkness because of sin. And Father, we ask now that you be with your son, Brother Amelia, that you would touch his body, strengthen his heart now, Lord. Strengthen him, Lord, and make him whole. According to your writing in Psalms 103, which says that you sent your word and healed them. Will you send your word now, Lord Jesus, and heal Brother Amelia 
And Lord, we're also asking now you be with this young lady and you bring her to the very arms of Christ. And Lord Jesus, we know that without a doubt of a shout, that you will have compassion on her and that you will move on her by the Holy Spirit and show her her sins. And Lord, help us help her to repent and turn from her wicked ways and turn to you. And we know that you will in no wise cast her out. Watch over your family around the world. Call the church your body. Strengthen her. Give her courage. Give her the confidence to stand up in the face of adversity and speak loudly and clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, I now remove myself out of the way so your spirit can speak to us, your children. Lord Jesus, we want to know what you want us to hear from you today. Have your way now, Lord. And Father, calm the ant bites on Shelly's feet. Have your way now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what? We're, we're in a unique part of the scriptures right now. Because Paul is going to get into some intimate stuff. And I'm glad Zora's here. Because it's at her age that she needs to learn these things. I wish, uh, Miss Miss Maria, I often wish that I I could have been saved from my mother's womb. So I could have been spared the agony of having premarital sex. Because that stuff, it, it taints your spirit, it taints your soul. And as much as we try to walk holy before the Lord, that old rascal called the serpent always wants to bring that up to us. Always. But God is good. And the blood of Jesus is more powerful than we can ever imagine. Because God know that we, a lot of us were like that. And what Paul is about to cover with the Corinthian church, he's getting ready to define marriage at his peers. And he's getting ready to define what kind of obligation comes out of being married to each other. And even if you marry an ungodly person. He's going to talk about that. And then. He's going to talk about what it's like to be a virgin. Whether you're male or female. And he's going to clear up some language here. That's been a little bit misinterpreted over, over the years. And we're going to take a look at that. So. Uh, hopefully we'll get through First Corinthians 7 tonight. It's such a powerful book, such a powerful chapter. Here we go. Um, in the middle column, the, the NAU, New American Standard Version. I'll start with that one. Now concerning the things about which you wrote. Shall I mind in your way? It is good for a man not to touch a woman. You hear that, Michael? The rest of the young men around the world? 
My translation said it is good for a man not to marry, but I'm guessing in the context it could be used. Yeah. Now, Paul, you have to listen very, very carefully what he's about to say here. Because he's going to point out that once you get involved in this kind of relationship, whether you're the husband or you're the wife, what it does, it draws away from your total commitment to Christ. And he's going to explain this, how a married person cannot be totally devoted to Christ like a single virgin person can be. Does that make sense? He'll explain it later. Okay? But because of immoralities, okay, what he's saying, because of premarital sex, that's what should have been spelled out there. But because of premarital sex, each man is to have his own wife. And each woman is to have her own husband. Now you can't you can't make that in a simple than that. Now keep in mind the word there under for immorality is pananea. Is where we get our English word for pornography from. And, and it really means a male prostitute. Okay? But he's just throwing it in there as a kind of categorically covering all kinds of sexual sins outside of marriage. Is that making sense to everybody now? So, did I kill my battery? Oh, my laser's not working. Oh, well. I'm going to use some rock and roll phrases here. Another one bites the dust. Alright. So, verse 2, nevertheless, to avoid fornication or immorality or pre-sexual or premarital sexual sin to avoid it he's saying let every man have his own wife did you notice the pairing up every man male have his own wife female okay and so Grab that. Find out why the High Springs Police Department is calling us. Verse 4. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Here's what he's saying. Belinda's body belongs to Sammy. Sammy's body belongs exclusively to Belinda. Only. Okay? And to nobody else. And this really points out when you are 
behaving responsibly like this, it does away with infidelity. Because obviously there's a problem in the Corinthian church. And you know what, folks? There's a problem in today's church, too, with this. People are having marital affairs right in the church today. It hadn't changed. Yes, ma'am. What, what I mean by that? In the body of Christ. And they're trying to be slick with it. Some is not so obvious. Others are just <laughs> in your face. But what he's saying here is that guys and gals, husband and wives, you own each other. And therefore, you're mutually, it's mutually accepted to each other. Okay? He's going to go on and tell us right here in verse 5, stop depriving one another. What does that mean? Uh, just that first phrase, stop depriving one another. Does it mean it's sexual? Yes. You know how sometimes a wife get mad at the husband and say, uh-uh, not tonight. Okay. Paul said, don't do that. Or you didn't get me in the car I wanted, you didn't get me in the gift I wanted, or you didn't do this I wanted. So no. Wives do that to the husband, and the husband do it to the wife. I've had, I don't know, over the years, I've counseled with people, but my wife won't do this, or my husband won't do this. And you're sitting there going, guys, listen, you need to go back to the scriptures. You don't own your body. You don't own your body. Your wife owns your body. So if she wants some, she can get it. Your husband owns your body. If he wants some, can get it. But nowadays, they've even made it a law. If the wife says no and the husband forces himself, it's rape. But God's word here is different. But if you truly love each other and you truly love Christ our Lord, you honor this and give each other what needs to take place. Okay? And it says, now, look at, look at verse 5 very closely. Thank you for bringing that to the top. I like the way Paul says in the King James side, which said, defraud you not one another except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistencies. Okay? Uh, Michael, that means as a husband, when I want to fast, I need to go to my wife and say, sweetheart, I'm going to be fast for X number of hours or days so we can't be sexually intimate during this time is it okay and she's supposed to agree with me or she comes to me and says Sammy uh, I'm going to be fasting for 24 hours so we're going to have to be separated during that time no sex and I'm going to have to, say, and have to respect that and y'all looking at me the preacher in church talking about sex listen it's, it's, it's up here okay <laughs> and yes I told y'all last week you're going to get in the part of the class the scriptures from God that some of you are not going to feel comfortable with and the other going to go, boy, this is some good stuff, honey. I told you. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but it's a necessary reform. And what is he doing here? He's keeping marriage what? Holy and honorable before God. That's what's taking place here. There's nothing perverted about this. Uh, and it's keeping a young person pure until they get what? Married. Which also is holy and honorable before God who's holy. Lord Jesus requires this. So, then he tells you that if you don't, if you continue to withhold sex from each other, Satan is going to come and he's going to tempt you. What does he mean by that? That means he's going to tempt you to look outside your spouse for sexual gratification. And that's where the word pornoneo that's up there for sexual immorality get translated as pornography here because that's when guys and gals and gals do turn to pornography. Y'all ever heard of Playboy and Playgirl? Okay, Penthouse and Hustler and We, which was a French version. I mean, there's all kind of stuff. But, uh, or they turn to the next door neighbor or the babysitter or the secretary. My, my version says, then come together so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Yeah. I like the way it's said. In reality, it is. That's what it's saying. It is a lack of self-control. But some people, they can't control that. At least on their own field. And I remember telling my guys when we got deployed to Saudi Arabia, I said, let me tell you something. I don't want to hear of you guys out there messing around on your wives. The female soldiers here, you're away from home. We don't know how long we're going to be gone. If I can keep my thing in my britches, you need to keep yours in your britches. Okay? I'm just being straight up. And I said, if I hear of it, I'm going to make sure you get court-martialed for committing adultery. And I was serious. And folks... It's, it's easy to get tripped up. And this is one of the things that Satan uses a lot against the body of Christ. I'm telling you today, <coughs> last night, what did I tell you, Shelly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a naked lady rocking the dog. Oh, I'm naked, yeah. Right in high spring, me and Max leaving out of Ace Hardware. And boom, the house that the lady stopped and talked. Remember I asked her, I said, do you have a young lady living here? Yeah. She goes, yeah, my son's uh, girlfriend. It was her. With a dog. She was walking. On the street with just a t-shirt and all her stuff hanging out the bike. I'm telling you. No, 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 no. me. That's it, Shelly. <laughs> oh, well, they're walking in high, uh, in Gainesville now. Girls are walking around in panties. Uh, I've seen them right down Archer Road. Right down 13th Street. I've seen them coming to the car dealership. I've seen them. I mean, I called Linda. I called Charlotte. And said, they're in the doggone rental car place in panties. Yeah, I saw them Archer Road in skates and panties. Damn man, we seen them walking to the gas station on 13th Street by McDonald's in panties. 
where they're prostitutes. And then we seen I seen right here by the great outdoors. Yeah. I just said, call it on them panties. It's like the hot new thing, panties. So anyway. Not boy short panties. <laughs> no. Bikini panties. Or Listen, I'm here to tell you all that this stuff is real. We can sit here and pretend that we're this high-profile Christian, and I'm here to tell you, once that stuff hits your eyes, your brain processes it quickly. And if you're not rooted and grounded in, in the Holy Ghost and God's Word, you can either do... The tap dance or your eyes, because I'm telling you, first of all, guys, we look going, oh my goodness. And I tell you, we need help to keep us from falling on through. Husband and wives are no different because you got a ring on your finger. Don't mean you won't be tempted, especially if wife done made you mad or husband done made you mad. Okay, won't be like that. And when Satan hear that kind of word, guess what? He's going to act on it. All of a sudden, a little fine thing walking down the sidewalk. And you walk up alongside, and it always, they turn and be friendly. They always turn. Somehow, you make that connection with them. Somehow. Oh, how you doing? Oh, I heard about you. You're the pastor of that place downtown. Yes. Oh. You need anything? No. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't need anything. Okay. All right. Uh, enough on that. Having too much fun with that one. Verse seven. Never seen anything like that. Okay. New New King James says that for I wish that. Let me back up to verse 6. But I say this as a concession and not as a command. Concession means I'm saying this as words of encouragement to you. Okay? Not as a command. That is for husband and wives. Uh, King James, I think, uses the term benevolence. Does he use that later on? We'll see here as we go on down through it. But not as a command, for I wish that all men were even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that manner. What is he talking about? God gives everybody a gift. And Lord Jesus Christ even dressing the marital bed, saying that not everybody can be pure. And not everybody was made a unit by God. You know what a unit is? From God, that means you're not castrated. But if you're a unit by a man, they cut your stuff off. Okay, so you can't have sexual intercourse. A lot of the men who worked, especially in the Babylonian days, worked in the court of the king to look for the most beautiful women. They had, the king had a harem of women. Well, his eunuch that was over that, he was castrated, so he couldn't, you know, mm-hmm, accidentally slip up and spoil the goods. Yeah, but in a lot of those countries, they had more than one wife. Oh, of course. King Solomon had 700 concubines. Uh, what was it? 300 wives and 700 concubines? Well, they weren't going according to the Bible. Well, I understand. They were ungodly people. And so we can't expect the ungodly to be godly. 
So what ungodly people think, the ungodly people do. But don't they do it still today, the Arabs or whatever? I've seen in Saudi Arabia where some of those sheiks have more than one wife. Mm-hmm. They will. America. Well, I mean, look at some of them folks out in Utah. Sister wives, that show? Yeah. Yeah. But 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 think about it though. He's he's telling us though, the Lord God has given us a good warning here. Um God give us all our gifts. And for some people being a virgin, that may not be your gift. And if it's not, Paul says, uh because notice how he said, If you are not like I am, so that means he must have had the gift of being a virgin. Okay? Yeah. So that means if you have not, that, that you have not given yourself over to a sexual uh, activity. Uh, verse, verse 8, uh, but I say to you, the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better for them to marry than to burn with passion. So uh, can, can remarry. Mm-hmm. Because uh, over in verse, verse 9 on the King James side, they only say it's better to marry than to burn. And folks used to think, oh my goodness, uh, that means burning in hell. No, he means to burn with passion. Like, I can't wait to get me some. Okay. Yeah, I'm speaking a language. I was a young young man before. I had not always been married to Miss Nelson, but thank God when she and I got married, she I can honestly before God stand before you that she's the only one I've ever had since I've been married. That's the God. That's right. That's the that's the God's truth. And so, yeah. That too. Uh, but has it been my my self control that kept me like that? No. The Holy Spirit has kept me. I'm gonna give credit where credit is due, okay? Because I've had some beautiful women come up to me over the years, but it had not been for the strength of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know. I, I told y'all that one story about that woman in Germany, Nichelle. Come on, let's go. And she was gorgeous too. Talking about your wife back in the States. I said, but God isn't. You got to call my father in heaven, get his permission, and you got to call Miss Nelson to get her permission. And you got to call my two children, Mike and Melissa, and get their permission. Then you got to pay all my bills. And she goes, You're crazy. I said, Well, you asked me to give up all that because this is what's at stake if I come and go with you just for a little uh, one night stand uh, 30 minutes 15 minutes or whatever wham bam thank you ma'am and all of a sudden I got all hell broke loose because <laughs> I went with you okay it ain't happening sister you're crazy I, I am I'm crazy for Jesus that's what I'm telling you this <laughs> so uh, but I hadn't always been honest in my mind about it though I hadn't always been pure in my mind now if I told you I was, I'm lying to you. All right? And I would be lying to God. But but the Holy Ghost did put my, what we used to say in the army, my head, time, space, and correct. He knocked me outside my listening pole, Miss Murray. <laughs> it's just, I 
actually pretty fun to know how God loves us so, right, Zor? And unto the America, man, yet not I but the Lord. Now he's throwing the commandment in there. Now for you married people, verse 10. Okay? But to the marriage, give instruction, not I but the Lord, that the wife should not leave her husband. But if she does leave, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And that the husband should not divorce his wife. God saying stay married. Now, just in case you all did not know this, the word of God says, if you were married, got divorced, <coughs> when I married another dude, that's the second husband, divorced, and then want to go back to the first husband and marry him, God says that's an abomination. And the word abomination means this. Just in case you didn't know it, and you may, you're pretty bright folks. Abomination simply means infidel. You know what infidel is? A non-believer in God. That's what abomination is. That means you're an atheist. And God's going to get you for that. That's worse than just remarrying? Yes. Well, I'm not. My first husband died. Oh, Shelly, we ain't worried about it. God gave you a good husband. His name is Clinton. That's right. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Verse 12. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she's willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. What is that talking about? If you've got a husband that's not saved, you don't have to divorce him. Stay with him. Okay? Let's say uh, you two get married, and before you got married, one, you both was unsaved. And then you you get saved, but he refuses to turn his life over to the Lord Jesus. Well, that's your husband. And Paul said, if you wish to remain with him, don't don't divorce him. Just you know, stay with him. And there's a reason why God says stay with him. Watch this. Verse thirteen. And a woman has an unbelieving husband, and he consent to live with her. She must not send her husband away. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. For otherwise your children are unclean, but now they are holy. Uh, Let's look at that on the King James side. Y'all ready? Verse 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. Uh, One translation says your children are bastards. Mm -hmm. In other words, illegitimate. I got some But, Zor, can you bring 15 to the top? 
it's it's good that uh, so there's a way you can reconcile all that somehow. There's a little square over here. I got to reset that up here for some reason. Come on down. Come on down. 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 Up a little bit. Up. 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 One more. One more. Right there. That little. There you go. All right. For some reason, the screen is not showing. So. Yet, if the unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or the sister is not under bondage in such case, but God has called us to peace. Uh, Miss Marie, if you are married to an unsaved husband and he decides to leave you, God says, let him leave. <laughs> but if he decides to stay, let him stay. Don't divorce him. But if he says, Salavi, you say your your bag's at the door. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I did meet a woman one night at the bookstore, and this was a fancy looking lady. And you can tell she was high class. She said, "Yep, we have money." She put, she said, "But my husband, he was using drugs," and I told him, "You got two years to get your life straight with the Lord." Because I'm not going to be married to an ungodly man, and I don't want an ungodly man raising my children. She said, so I divorced him. I said, yes, ma'am. A little bit different than what the word says. The word says he's got to want to go on his own. But she said, she taking care of him. He ain't gonna want to leave. <laughs> yeah. He the one had the money. She said, but oh, he the one had the money. She said, oh yeah, we have money. Did she give him the two years? Leave? Yeah. And then he still was. Asleep. He what still. About the woman leaving the husband. It's the same way. So we're going. Uh oh. Okay. That's not quite the way the scriptures say do it. it says if he wants to leave, let him go. Because you're not obligated, he's not obligated to stay. But let's read on. Because God wants peace between you. That's what Paul is saying. God wants peace between you. Because what's going to happen if he's, if he's forced to stay or she's forced to stay, y'all are going to be constantly what? Right. Fighting. And that's not what God wants. Verse 16. For what knoweth thou? O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, or how knoweth thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Uh, let me read it where it makes it a little bit easier for you. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O man, whether you will save your wife? What does that mean, Zora? That means that if Cheryl is married to Clinton, Cheryl is saved, and Clinton is unsaved, she 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 the word the word saved represents there is that her life her godly life should have an impact on him is a witness to him that's right Miss Marie and by him seeing sin and I've seen this happen where the husband and wife said you know my wife no matter what I did did not change and I realized what she has is true it's real it's authentic. And because of her not changing in all these years, I want what she got. I want Jesus too. And that's what that means. Okay? 
verse 17, only, I'm on NAUSA, only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each in this manner, let him walk. And so direct in all the churches. I direct in all the churches. So uh, whatever side you're on in this thing in marriage, whether you're the saved spouse or the unsaved spouse, God is in control here. God is directing the paths here. And God tells you, Lord Jesus by the Spirit tells you what you need to do if you have an unsaved spouse. Now, now listen, listen. Okay. What happens if a husband beats a wife for no reason at all I st- and threatens to murder her? I mean, what are you supposed to do? Stay with the husband? Uh, Shelly said use nunchucks on him. <laughs> no, um, I, I believe God will honor you getting out of relationship with an unsaved husband that constantly abuse physically abuse you and psychologically abuse you and emotionally abuse you i believe god honors you saying listen you refuse to change i'm not standing because paul did say god wants peace but he's not bringing peace he's trying to kill you but beat your doggone brains out and i don't think god wants you to stay in a relationship like that where you're constantly being hurt there's kids no, and damage the children. So if he's he's doing all of that, uh, it's easy to walk away and allow God to bring healing. At the same time, um, interceding for the person. Okay? Because the ultimate plan of God is for salvation. Are you hearing that? Salvation in Jesus Christ. For both. Okay. So you're doing such a good job. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called an uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Okay, he's he's kind of throwing some stuff out there that's kind of messing with our heads a little bit here, isn't he? circumcised uncircumcised we can take that two ways let's take a look at it but it only meant one way circumcised Is that clean or unclean, right? yes but in this respect let's look at it one is jewish and one is non-jewish yes the circumcised is who jewish. jews and i'm circumcised okay on a physical side one guy is foreskin cut away another one don't spiritually one saved one what unsaved and so but but look up there you're going to have Jews and Gentiles in this audience some going to be circumcised okay and some are not going to be circumcised because one Jew one not Jew but also believe it or not Gentiles also practice circumcision so you have to be careful with that a lot of Gentiles, especially today, are circumcised and are not saved. Were circumcised at birth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Merely for the fact they want them to look like their daddy. Okay, hold well, uh, on. I hear a lot, my friend. Well, we were told for health. Look like his daddy. So for for health reasons, that's what we we're told. So you don't transfer diseases to yourself or get yeast infection. Yeah. But. <laughs> Gone here, 
we always have to look at what God is doing because God is spirit. The deciding factor by God is that he wants your heart right with him. He wants your heart with Lord Jesus in this thing called marriage. Whether you're Jew or non-Jewish. Okay? So, circumcision is nothing and non-circumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. And there it is right there. That's what's important, Michael. Obeying God. Verse 21. Were you called what they call a slave? Do not worry about it. But if you are able to become free rather than do that. What is he saying? Listen, if you're a slave, you can still be saved and be free in your spirit. But is that going to change you from being a slave? No. No. How many inmates you know today get saved, but they're still inmates? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going anywhere other than heaven when they die. Right. A lot of people out here are free, but they're slaves to what? Sin. They haven't been set free. Verse 22, for who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. Uh, How many times you see in Paul letters, he said he's a slave of Jesus Christ. Or if you read the book of James, the opening statement in the book of James and the book of Jude, you see that both of those writers open themselves up as being bond slaves or bond servants. What's serving the slave there? Doulos is is interchangeable. It's the same. They're both saying we're slaves of Jesus Christ. An interesting point. James and Jude were Jesus' brother. They grew up in his household. And they said we're his slaves. Whereas before they said you're out of your mind. You've gone crazy. You're not the son of God. What do you think you're doing? You need to get yourself back to the house. When you witness, are you a slave to Jesus? Absolutely. You and I are slaves now. We're servants of the Lord. Okay? But at the same time, we're also free in the Lord. God knows what he's doing. He's absolutely genius. It's not like him. Don't you love it? Zor, is this conversation keeping you healthy? <laughs> All right. So you were bought with the price. Do not become slaves of men. This is the second time in this letter he's reminded the Corinthians that they were bought with the price. The price of the blood, by the blood of Jesus. As Peter said, you, not, you were not redeemed, otherwise you were not purchased with such precious, precious metal as silver or gold but by the precious blood of the son of God so Shelly you just can't go gamble your life away because it's precious you was purchased with a price a price that no human can pay this time of year in which we celebrate as we recognize the birth of God's son Jesus our Lord uh, we don't need to let commercialism get in the way that this baby was born to purchase us back to God. That baby was born to die for us. That baby was born to be beaten beyond recognition, Zor. Oh, I hate that. I to have his, his hands pierced. 
his feet pierced and his side pierced to have a crown of thorns forced upon his head I hate that it's so funny and the whip what was it called in Roman times some with nine tails nine yeah cat of nine cat of nine tails a cat tail whatever it's called each time it struck his back is to his flesh open that's why the prophet Isaiah said that by his stripes, and that word stripes properly translated means bleeding wounds. By his wounds, we are healed. So he's, he's reminding you and I that there was a horrible price like to pay like to get you and I off the slave market. The slave market of sin. Jesus, the Son of God, did this. You need to know that it has to be reminded why this letter is written. And that's what he just told you. Okay? Brother, each one is to remain with God in that condition in which he was called. Don't try to be something that you're not. God called you a slave, well, remain a slave to the Lord. God called you a free person, remain a free person to the Lord. Okay? Don't try to change. Your merit remained that way. Your unmarried, try to remain that way. Save that little precious body for the Lord. Okay? 25, not concerning virgins, I have no command of the Lord, but I give an opinion as one who by the mercy of the Lord is trustworthy. Paul said, God is not commanding this to happen, but I believe I know the Lord well enough and have enough experience as one of his apostles to give this advice to you virgins. You hear that, Zor? So we're now talking to you. Okay? Here's what he's saying. I think then that this is good in view of the present address. Uh, distress, I mean, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. What do you mean by the, as he is? The way he came into this world, a virgin. If he can remain that way, you, that's the best way to be. Okay? Remain that way. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be relieved. Okay? If you're married, stay that way. Are you released from your wife? Do not seek a wife if you don't have one. But if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Yet such will have trouble in this life. And I'm trying to spare you. And that the God's true. How much time do we spend trying to satisfy one another? We spend more time trying to satisfy the other person called the spouse than we do trying to satisfy God. Hello. Now, y'all know I'm telling the truth. More emphasis is either on the other person or on self. Well, he won't do this for me or she won't do this for me. As majority of your time is not spent, oh, honey, why won't you do this for the Lord? You don't hear that conversation come up very often in marriage. I never Baby, why don't you really wake up in the morning and do this for the Lord? Or sweetheart, why don't you really do this for the Lord before you eat your food? Or before you go to the supermarket, how about stopping around the corner and doing this for the Lord? He really appreciate it. 
How often do you hear that conversation going on between husband and wife? Very rarely. But you were here. Why didn't you do what I asked you to do? Why didn't you go take this to the cleaners for me? Well, why didn't you get the car fixed? Uh, uh, why didn't you leave your wallet? Well, why did you take the wallet? So that's what it means. Those Mary face many troubles. In the yeah. So it's always something going on between husband and wife. Always. I mean, yeah. Doesn't, and when it's in trouble, things are always going to come against you as a married couple. How often does the IRS want to go after married couples? Why did it take more money? And just it wasn't so long ago, they just started taking more money from the young dudes like Michael. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's finish this baby up. Let's move right along through it as the Lord would stop as needed. So, nevertheless, such as have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. So that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. In other words, refocus your attention to Christ. He didn't say neglect your wife. Keep your body pure. Keep your mind pure. Okay? Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they did not possess. And those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. Put 32 to the top, please. And so, Shelley, what he's saying, don't get tied down by the things of this life. Put your attention, put your emphasis where Christ is. And I do believe he, he wrote another church about this. And it's called the Church in Colossae. You know the book, the letter is Colossians. And chapter 3 says that we are to focus our attention where Christ is seated at. Okay, don't put our attention on things here on earth. Because when you do, it shifts, it shifts your focus. It shifts your attention from being heavenly minded to being earthly minded. And when we're earthly minded, we always want to say, give me, give me, give me. So now we need to be Jesus minded where we say, here, Lord, here, I give myself to you. I give all my belongings to you. I give everything to you. Everything. Okay. All right. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Mm-hmm. Why my husband had to go get a Harley Davidson? Why couldn't he get a van? <laughs> oh, she's going, I want him to because I want to be the hot mama on the back of the motorcycle. Now, baby, three, I didn't really want that. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a difference between a wife and a virgin. Yes. He's getting ready to tell you. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord. Hear that, Zor? Because she doesn't have a husband to tie her down. Well, uh, honey, I'm trying to do Bible study. Uh, no, I, I, I need you to go grocery shop. We don't have anything in the house to eat. 
Uh, babe, don't forget to go by the bank and get that check mess straightened out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what cases may be used, but yeah, literally countless excuses we send up to each other. Yeah, uh, <laughs> rather than a single person, than a single person, you ain't got to deal with any of that. You know, uh, you know how many times Nelson asked me three and four o'clock in the morning she walked through the house because she doesn't sleep at night. She's a walker, <laughs> and she and she <laughs> comes across me. That's one of the reasons I quit praying in the den on my knees. She come across going, "What you doing?" Honey, the same thing I've been doing the last twenty years. You've been asking me. <laughs> I'm praying. What you doing? I'm praying, sweetheart. Hungry. What you doing? Uh, I'm praying, sweetheart. Why are you laying on the floor? I'm praying, sweetheart. You get it? But when you're single, when you're a virgin, and you're laying there, you got nobody saying, what you doing? <laughs> when you come in the bed? Uh, you don't have to worry about that. <clears throat> Your mind is concentrating on Jesus. Okay. How it kind of wore that one out then, Azor? What you doing? <laughs> what you doing? All right. <clears throat> Verse 34. There's a difference between a wife and a virgin. Unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who's married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. A virgin really don't have to worry about Mary Kay or Victoria's Secret, okay? Because she can care less most of the time because her body is the temple of the Lord and she's offering herself up to the Lord. But a married woman, oh, child, I got to go get my nail fixed. I got to get, get, get my toes done. I got to go get my hair done. And I got to go get this, and I got to go get that. Oh, where'd you get that pocketbook from? For that looks so good. I mean, it's countless things that needs to be done. Trying to fit in. I'm not saying all married women are that way. That's an inflation of ego, if I say that, right? Right. But. The message here is that a virgin doesn't care about the things of the world. They have their their oil lamps full of oil and they're watching and waiting for Jesus. And they care about the things of Jesus. But that married woman, I knew I should have got gas yesterday. With the seven kids. Yeah. So, kind of remind me somebody just ran out of gas recently. And I say this for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. But if any man thinks he is behaving improperly towards his virgin, if she is past the flower of youth, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin, let them marry. 
It's okay, you know. You got a girlfriend, a virgin, go to dad, do what's proper, pay a diary, marry. Okay? Long when it says pass her flower youth, that means that she's getting her period and everything. She's growing up to, you know, a woman. Her body's mature. And this time she wants to get married, go go for it. And be joined to her husband. Uh, they pay a dowry. Uh, I mean, in those days, it was customary that they paid a diary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll address that one later. <laughs> Verse 36. But if any man thinks that he is acting unbecomely towards his virgin, we just said that. Verse 37. But he who stands firm in his heart being under no constraint, but has authority over his own will, and has decided this is in his own heart to keep his own virgin daughter, he will do well. So then both he who gives his own virgin daughter in marriage does well, and he who does not give her in marriage will do better. In other words, if he wants to keep his daughter and say, Lord, I'm not giving you to marry anybody, you're going to stay just like you are. But if he give over to marry someone, that's fine too. As long as their heart is on Jesus. Okay? The life is dedicated to Lord Jesus. Um, Verse 39. A wife is bound as long as her husband lives, but if her husband is dead, dead is Shelley, she is free to be married to whom she wishes. Only in the Lord. But in my opinion, she's happier if she remains as she is, that is a widow. And I think that I also have the Spirit of God. Otherwise, says, I think the Holy Spirit is leading me to say this. So a widow is better off remaining a widow. She don't have to put up with the crap with my husband. Okay? <laughs> she should know that after her husband died. <laughs> I don't know second time around. <laughs> okay. Um pretty pretty good um, stuff there from the Holy Ghost about marital relationships where the single are married and how they both line up with God it's very important to know that I don't think we teach that as often as need to be today in churches because purity is a thing that God honors and not being pure you dishonor God and he had just told us in the previous chapter, in fact, two chapters, that our bodies belong to the Holy Ghost. And if you say you belong to Jesus and you lay there and open your legs for a man and you're not married, or you're a man and you're laying jumping on top of a woman, that, that doesn't honor God. Okay? So the, the objectivity of the scriptures here is to get you to walk in holiness with Christ. Okay, Uh, chapter 8 and 9, Paul is going to do a little shifting there. Um, He's going to start talking about, in verse 8, chapter 8, I'm just going to give you a little overview and then we're going to close out in prayer for next week, the Lord's willing. Um, He's going to be talking about, Michael, how people like to sacrifice make their sacrifices to idols and Israel 
historic Israel know that this is a no-no. The Gentiles, maybe, maybe not, not knowing, but the Gentiles were known to worship more than one God. And I guess for some it was hard to conceive after the Lord Jesus Christ drew them to himself that they had to let those idols go, those false gods know. And you can see why, uh, Shelley, that you live in a community that on every block there's an idol. There's a temple to go in and worship that idol. And and also they had these sex houses, these bath houses uh, associated with these temples, with this goddess. And so it was kind of hard to get away from it. And you're now... A, so-called Christian, right? But yet, the community is saying, this is still yours. You still belong to this goddess or this God. When the Lord Jesus Christ said, no, I just severed you from all of that. Okay? And so he's going to be addressing that. Boy, are you talking about, the more we examine this book, Poor, the Holy Ghost is cleaning up a mess in this church, isn't he? But isn't that us today? No, I was thinking they got this new commercial out, Shelley, where they're announcing the Super Bowl, I think February 16th. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen it. Well, that scene, I think, the first time today or last night. Okay. Where when a guy catches the football, he turns to pure gold. Oh, no. Like Midas, huh? And so I'm going, whoa, the golden calf. That's the idol. That's the idol. You are right on time to close in prayer. Right on time, big brother. As soon as he makes it in, we'll close in prayer. <laughs> he hastily took his seat. Come up with your <laughs> no pressure. I didn't want to interrupt. Proceed, please. Thank you, sir. Father, we thank you so much for the love of your word and Lord Jesus, how you've shown the Corinthian church as an example for us to follow today. And Lord, those people, we can say, boy, they were really messed up when in fact you were showing us what our lives look like today. And without Jesus, we're really messed up. And uh, just as, Lord, you used Apostle Paul to address those issues in the church there, you're using his writings today by the Holy Ghost to address those same issues with us. And I pray, Lord, that everyone that hears this message will submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and become under strict obedience of him and his word, showing him that we love him. Lord, there's no salvation outside of you. And we're saying to those that are listening that we don't know what your background is. We don't know what kind of worship you're accustomed to. But we're here to tell you that there's only one true God. And that's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And there's only one Savior of mankind. And that's God's Son, Jesus, who died on the cross. And the only way that our sins are forgiven is that we must, we must become Jesus' disciple.
That means that is a lifelong commitment to allow the Holy Ghost to transform our lives into the likeness of Christ while we're yet here on earth. And we do that by submitting to the word of God. And Lord, we're praying now that you help the ones that's hearing this to do that. Continue to give your children courage. Continue to give us boldness. Continue to give us wisdom and understanding and knowledge in your word for the glory of Christ. Father, thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's see if I turned it on tonight. <laughs> I hope it is. Unlike Sunday.